All right. Hello, ladies, fellas. This is a football frame of mind podcast, man. Uh, I'm your host, Cam. That's Brandon. If you watch all the episodes, you know the deal. So today we're going to talk about football, man. We're going to talk about football. This is our our weekly show, man. We're getting into a different format, man. So we're just going um, over, obviously, the NFL games uh, this weekend. And we're going to talk about some college football, man. The transfer portal is crazy. Um, but, you know, before we get there, let's give our sponsors a shout out, man. Uh, Off the Ball Network, man. Great great group of guys, man. Uh, they messaging us right now, you know, just talking about sports, man, yeah. all day, every day. They got some great uh, content creators over there, man. Um, so check it out, man. We tag them in all of our videos, shorts, long-winded uh, videos, whatever. Um, we we talk about it all the time. So check them out, man. And BetUS is our second sponsor, man. Uh, one of Oldest sports books on the market. Uh, they'll take care of all your gambling needs. Whatever you like, they got it. Horse racing, NASCAR, fishing. They probably got that too. Uh, but they'll take care of it, man. And uh, they also offer help for people that have like gambling issues. So, uh, but check them out, man. Um, always bet responsibly. Uh, we are everywhere. Our podcast is everywhere. Wherever you get it from, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Deezer, uh, they got that too. Uh, wherever you get it from, we're on there. Just type in Football Frame of Mind Podcast. It should pop up, man. We upload as um, soon as we finish uh, editing our videos. It's always uploaded, man. And always check out the YouTube channel because we have shorts all the time. Uh, whatever kind of short you're looking for, we have instant reactions we have a draft bus to reconsider uh everything even open topics like brandon had the other day uh high school players your best favorite high school players best high school players ever you know so you got all of that so check it out man we're everywhere so but before we get into today's topic man how you doing man? oh we're doing good uh don't forget we do have merch on Shopify. There's going to be a link in the description as well as a link in the description for Off the Ball Network as well as BetUS as well. You guys give us some feedback, maybe some things that you'd like us to try to put in the store, maybe things that y'all would like. It's getting cold outside, so we have a nice little hoodie on there. Y'all should really check it out. Uh, and we just want to just, before y'all go any further, just make sure to like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell notification so you don't miss a beat. Tons of content coming out. Like you said, if you don't want to watch the YouTube channel, you want to just listen to the audio, you got it. Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, all that good stuff. But yeah, let's talk. All right, Ben. All right. So uh, I guess we'll start with the Big Bang, right? Uh, <laughs> Eagles and Cowboys, right? Oh, man. Let's start with the Big Bang. Let's get that out the way, man. So um, definitely not what I was expecting. Um, not expecting that at all, man. I mean, I did say that Jalen Hurts would have to not pass for 45, you know, attempts. But, man, they couldn't get nothing. I mean, the Eagles 
defense really failed them for real. And like I said, once you start having to pass the ball a lot, you know, they're not built for that. You know what I'm saying? They built for like chunk plays in the passing game, but not like nickel and diamond you. And it felt like, you know, that's what the Cowboys was doing. They was tearing him up in the passing game, man. And, uh, I mean, Dak had a pretty good game, man. Not, like, perfect, I guess you would say, in his standards. But 39 for 24, that's pretty good. No no interceptions, two touchdowns, that's pretty good, right? So he did wonderful, man. And it just seemed like the Eagles, man, they really forked over an opportunity to really – Put a, a hammer lock on this division, man. Uh, obviously, now the the Cowboys they're tied a head to head, so technically, you know, they're tied for the division elite. You know, so I don't know, man. I just wasn't expecting that at all, man. I mean, it was good to see AJ Brown uh, get you know nine catches for a hundred yards, man. But if you're Jalen Hurts. Where your touchdowns, man? You got to have some of those if you're going to win. You know what I'm saying? So um, Swift, you know, was the leading rusher in the game. So they made an attempt to run the ball. But it just seemed like, man, they just couldn't get out of their way, man. Once the Cowboys got up on them, kind of like how the 49ers did last week, they just couldn't, couldn't get together, man. So I was shocked by the result. And, uh, man. We'll see, man. But I'm still rocking with the Eagles and, and Dolphins, man. But my Ravens look good. But before we get to the Ravens, what do you think about the Eagles and Cowboys, man? Well, last week I said the red light alarm wasn't going off. This week it's going off. I'm sorry. I've got DeAndre Swift on my team. And, dude, 11 carries for 39 yards, man. They just cannot get the run game going. We said it last week. You need to get the run game going because once you get those guys involved and you got the run game going, that opens up your pass game. You're able to run play action. He can roll out the pocket and make plays. And, man, the Eagles' defense is not looking good, dude. That's two weeks in a row they've given up 30 or more points and not in convincing fashion. Like, that's very alarming. Now you're questioning, like, are the Eagles one through three? Or are they the third best team in the NFC? Or, like, I mean, the 49ers had a convincing win against them last week and uh neither one of us could have predicted that Dallas was going to come to play I think we thought it was going to be a good game but I was not expecting that Dallas was going to drop 30 on the Eagles and they were going to hold them under 14 points that's very alarming and uh Nick Sirianni I don't know what they got going on out there in the east but they need to figure it out because uh they both have a 10 and 3 record right now and the Eagles kind of look like they're starting to go on a downward spiral. If they don't figure it out now, like that could be the difference in them getting home field advantage or them having to go play somewhere else. And I don't know about you, if I'm Philadelphia, I want that home field advantage in the playoffs because, uh, well, I'm not even going to say that because home field advantage doesn't mean a whole lot for them anyway right now because of what happened last week. So, I mean, they need to make some adjustments. They need to really put their foot down and initiate that run game. Once you get that going, the offense will be fine. But I'm definitely concerned from them not being able to score points, and their defense is giving up way too many points. I agree, man. Uh, the, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain what's going on with them, man, but it seems like people are trying to make Jalen Hurts beat them, 
and they've taken away the running mm-hmm. game. Because the last two games, mm-hmm. you know, Hertz was the <clears throat> he was the leading rusher against the 49ers, and he had about the same amount of yards that Swift had. So I mean, if we're really talking about the running game, it's gotta get better. I mean, Swift had 39, Hertz had 30, Ganwell had 28, and then B. Scott had nine yards. So the running game's not there at all, man. So it's got something got to change. You know what I'm saying? So not good, not good at all, man. But Cowboys playing the game, man. Dak Prescott's looking real good, man. So he's trying to get an MVP. You know what I'm saying? And so far. Looking kind of good, man. Looking good. I was not sold on Dak, man, coming into the season, but he is balling. So, uh, but the next game I want to talk about, man. Um, let's see, man. Let's go to the 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 call of the century that the Chiefs fans are really kind of talking about. Uh, the Chiefs and Bills, man. So, coming into this game, man. I think we both were sounding the, the alarm on the Chiefs, man. And mm-hmm. to to look at both teams, right? Both teams coming into this game. The, the Bills were mm-hmm. kind of scuffling a little bit, not really looking like the perennial team that we thought they were going to be, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Chiefs not looking like the team we thought they were going to be either. You know what I'm saying? They're really looking like a wild card team right now. Both of both of these teams. And they are ultra talented teams, man. But um, I mean, when I look at the Chiefs, right? Obviously, um could what's his name? Uh yeah, Kadarius Tony. That's his name. Yeah. Uh <laughs> we could we could blame him for being offsides, right? Yeah. Blame the refs for not checking with him. But honestly, dude, it's your responsibility to know if you're offside or not. Like, yeah, you check in with the refs when you freaking line up. You have to do a line check with the referee. Like, it's not, it's not, it's common sense. Like, I mean, but even with that, you still gotta know. Like, it, it's like, <laughs> it's like some kind of field awareness, right? Like, yeah. I mean, the, there, he is none. the defensive linemen know if they're offside or not. You know, they look right down the line. The wide the receiver, same thing with receivers. The wide receivers can do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's not like he was like close to being offside. No. <laughs> like he was just lined up in the neutral zone. Like he was about to race in the streets and he wanted He was damn near the run. second level already. That's what I'm saying, <laughs> man. Like, dude, like I get if he was close, nah, bro, he was way uh, offside. He was about five yards past that. And I'm like, if you're if you're the ref, you probably like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, where is your head at, bro? Like, like what? what wait, what is going on in there? What are you doing? And like, the Chiefs are trying to make it to where it's like the refs are, you know, they cost them the game. But honestly, nah, uh, field awareness is everything, dude. He honestly, none. it was really field awareness, bro. Honestly. And, I mean, Tony had a couple <laughs> drops in the game that were, like, could have been first downs. Like, I mean, 
it's a lot. It's mm-hmm. a lot. And it's not like the Bills played an all-out game either. Like, they didn't no. play. Like, if I'm really being honest, Mahomes and Allen played the same game. They literally. They both offensively did the same exact thing. Yeah. Like, literally, if I'm, I'm looking at the stats right now. So, look, they both threw for almost 250 yards or more. Both of their running backs barely eclipsed 50 or less, and the two leading receivers were, like, 83 yards. It's literally the same game on both sides of the ball. Yeah, so that's where it's, like, the little things. Like, the Chiefs should have won this game by a lot, mm-hmm. honestly, because – I mean, Allen didn't play that well, you know. And if I'm going off the teams, the Chiefs have a lot more weapons to use than the Bills do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I don't know how many yards. I I don't think Pachinko played, so they went with Clyde Edward-Hilaire, right? But, I mean, he's like a a first-round pick, so he got to be more useful in the passing game. Because I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that's why they drafted him. You know what I'm saying? So you can use mm-hmm. him. You just got um, uh, Hardman back. You could use him as an option. I mean, you obviously got Kelsey. But, I mean, like, other people got to step up. They got some good players on this team, man. And, like, I get you want to blame the refs, man, but you have to really have one field awareness and you got to make the catches, man. I mean, it's not like Mahomes is throwing these passes to the point where you can't catch them. Like, he's mm-hmm. a really, really, he's probably the apex predator in as playing quarterback. He, he can beat anybody, any day, any time, right? So it's not like he's a run-of-the-mill quarterback. He can make plays. All you got to do is just catch the ball, you know what I'm saying? And it's not like these drops are – like defense making the play. These are catches where you could catch and run. So mm-hmm. gotta have some field awareness, man. And for Tony to be having these issues right now, it's just not it's not going too well, man. So but then shifting focus to the Bills, man. So I mean this makes them seven and six, right? So I'm not sure how the in AFC East is going, but it looks like this is a a win that kind of helps them move forward. Like they're going to be a wild card team, no matter if they win the division or not. Uh, But they, you know, they looked okay. I mean, I felt like they got more production from their running game than the chiefs did. And I mean, you know, regardless of what you think about the call, um, they played okay. Like, but I mean, I don't know what to make of them. You know what I'm saying? I don't really know what to make of this game for real. Because even if the Chiefs won, it still doesn't feel like they're playing at a high level. Because if you look at the performance. Yeah, you know, it looked like, okay, you barely won. And at the beginning of the year, this is one of the games we picked to be one of the top games to watch. Mm-hmm. And it was for the wrong reasons. Like, it wasn't for, you know, Allen and Mahomes going at it, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Like I said, I just it was just kind of one of those games that you like, this is ugly, you know what I'm saying? It was ugly. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what game was uglier than that one? 
the Raiders and the Vikings. Jesus, man, this is old school. <laughs> just like I like it, man. Look who the quarterbacks are. Before you even get it, it's Nick Mullins against Aiden O'Connell. No disrespect to Aiden O'Connell. He's a rookie, and I think he's going to be good. But, man, like, those statistics are ugly, bro. Bruh. Like, there's nothing that pops to me at all. Bruh, did you <laughs> see the Dobbs throw that got fucking Justin Jefferson killed? I didn't see it. I heard about it. Bruh, dude, I watched that a little bit. Like, bro, why would you throw it so high like that? Across the <laughs> middle, bro? Leaving him wide open back. again. He just came back from being hurt, bro. You can't throw that. <laughs> You can't throw it like that, man. Like, you could have overthrew him so he can stay on the ground, right? That goes back to field awareness, bro. Bro, man, that was horrible. Like, dude, man, he got Justin Jefferson killed on that play. I mean, his ribs was all exposed, like, dude. And then the defender tried to, like, not hit him that hard. That's what made it even worse. Like, he tried yeah, not to hit him hard and still end up hitting him hard. You know what I'm saying? I was like, bro, that's a horrible throw. But, I mean, I guess Nick Mullins did what he had to do, man, because they got a field goal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I don't oh, know. That's like I said, I am a Alabama supporter of the players in the NFL, man. But Josh Jacobs, man. I don't know what's going on. I think he was what? He was like the leading rusher last year or something like that. He was pretty mm -hmm. close. Yeah, he's so, on the fence. I'm not sure what's going on, man. I mean, it's not like they don't have good running backs. Because Josh Jacobs, Amir Abdullah, and Zamir White, that's a pretty good backfield, man. Like, I mean, I don't know what's up. Like, I just, I don't know, man. You got Devontae Adams. But I get the quarterbacks a rookie, man. But if we're going to succeed, if you're the Raiders and you have to say, how are we going to succeed? I mean, you got to feed these guys, man. You got to feed them. You got three really capable running backs. I get Adams want to get the ball and things like that. But you got to understand, you're not playing with Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers. You know what I'm saying? This is a rookie quarterback. Your numbers are going to shrink a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because they know where the ball's going. You know what I'm saying? Now, I think if Henry Ruggs was still on the team, I think it would have created more opportunities for him uh, because yeah. the field would be open. But you just don't. I mean, Hunter Renfro is okay. I mean, Jacoby Myers is okay. Uh, I mean, that's it. That's all you got. So, I mean, running the ball seems like what the answer needs to be, you know, moving forward for the rest of the games because the bottom half of the AFC is still kind of wide open, man. I mean, if the Jets still have a chance to make the playoffs, the Raiders got a slim chance too. So, I mean, anything's possible. But if you're going to try to make a run at this thing, you got to try to run the ball a little bit more. I mean – Give it to the hot hand. If Jacobs ain't got it, give it to Zamir White. Zamir White is a five-star recruit, man. You know what I'm saying? He's a five-star recruit coming coming into college, man. Injuries hurt him at Georgia for the most part. But dude's a tank, man. 
He is big. So, I mean, give him the ball, man. Run the ball. I mean, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Like, I think running the ball would have helped them win this game. It just seemed like they tried to pass too much. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, if you know that they're struggling passing the ball, hell, let's just run. You know what I'm saying? But there's no excuse for this game to be this ugly, man. Not in today's game. Offense is too crazy to have three to zero, man. Like, and this ain't two good defenses either. This is just really inept. <laughs> this is real ugly football. This is really bad football. Like, this was that was. You know, so I mean, shout out to the Vikings bad getting another win. But gosh, this was this dude, yeah. I mean, you're happy you won, but probably not happy about the performance, you know. Mm-mm. But happy with the result, but not everything in between. Yeah, dude, we go back to the drawing board, man. And Dobbs shouldn't play no games for the rest of the season for getting Justin Jefferson killed like that. Like I, I don't, I don't like that at all. You gotta at least try to protect your receiver. You know what I'm saying? But that ball was way too high across the middle, and he didn't have a chance to get down either. So, you know. Like so, if I'm, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even know if he's gonna play next week. That's how bad the hit was, you know. So, I don't know, man. But ugly game, ugly game, man. So we get into one more game, man. That I want to get your take on, man. One more game of this uh, recap of uh, week thir- fourteen. So one game I want to get your take on. Is the Bears and the Lions? What you? Think? <laughs> oh man! What do you think of this game, man? Because this caught me for a loop. Like I, yeah, I don't think it was the result that neither one of us were expecting. One, I don't ever expect Detroit to score less than twenty-one points. That's for starters. Uh, the fact that they allowed the Bears to drop twenty-eight on them. Uh, Fields had a pretty efficient game, man. Nineteen for thirty-three, two twenty-three, and a touchdown. Seemed like they were able to kind of get things going on the ground a little bit. He was able to get in the end zone. That's concerning for the Lions, man. I mean, hey, they're 9-4. You need to finish the season strong. But, man, to lose an interdivisional game to the Bears is something you can't afford to do this late in the season, especially if the Packers keep gaining steam and winning games. You could find yourself in a a situation where you're not going to win the division or you might be in a bad matchup come playoff time. You need to be able to win these games like this. Uh, obviously, Green Bay is playing tonight, but man, like that—that's not a good. But this is worse. Yeah, this this was this ain't uh, this ain't three to zero like our last game we talked about. But this was definitely a, a crazy game, bro. Like I, I like Justin Fields. Um, I like the way he played, man. I like the runs he made. He made some really good runs, man. Uh, I think I think this is one of those games going into, like, next season that you'll look at before you trade him. Mm-hmm. You will look at this game as one of those things before you move on from him and think, like, okay, well, maybe if we surround him with some more weapons, maybe it would be okay. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we can still build around him because I feel like he's a good player. I'm on the Justin well, Fields train. Uh, I, I was glad they didn't trade him last year for draft picks. And, you know, he got hurt this year. 
But I mean, it's okay because he came back and looked really good, looked healthy, ready to play, you know. So, I mean, they're five and eight. So the playoffs is probably not in their future. But mm-hmm. you could still finish the season with a winning record. It's not off the question, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. you could finish nine and eight. You know, you still can. It's possible. It's, it's not, they're not saying you're going to win all of them, but you can at least finish better than you did last year. You know what I'm saying? Which is what you're trying to do. You know what I'm saying? So I think if we're going off of last season, what, that's a plus. If they finish the season, let's say. Let's just say 8-8. 8-8. 8-8. 8-9. Because, you know, they got the yeah, eight, eight, nine. So let's say eight nine, right? You win three and drop one more, right? You that's a plus of like I want to say seven eight games, something like that. Because it was like two and fourteen, two and fifteen last year, something like that, something nasty, right? So you winning plus like three, four, five, six games, right? So I say that's a win. So going into next season, trading. Justin Fields wouldn't necessarily seem like a good thing to me. Like, because you mm-hmm. made progress from year, what, one to year two. So it seems mm-hmm. like it's a good You're thing. To make you know, so I don't know. And then, you know, as we get into our college talk, uh, I mean, Marvin Harrison looks like an option at receiver. Uh, I mean, you could, if you like Malik Neighbors, uh, Oduze from Washington, I mean, get this dude some weapons, man, because I'm looking at the stats right now. If I'm going through their whole game, right, I'm looking at it. And Justin Fields finished as the leading rusher. Not good, mm-hmm. man. Not good at all. You know what I'm saying? As a Bama guy, I don't think – Jason McClellan is a first-round draft pick, but the second round, most definitely. You know what I'm saying? Because he can give you run, and he can give you catching, and he's a pretty good pass blocker, too. So if you got a chance to pick up somebody like that or a dude from uh, Texas who's a really good running back, like give him some weapons, man. I I mean, I like Dante Foreman. I mean, he's cool, but you need a difference maker. Like he can be your goal line running back because he can really score. He's down. He's a tough running back. But I'm looking at these numbers, man. It's just he, he needs some more receivers, one, and then he needs a running back to kind of keep him from running so much. You know what I'm saying? Like I never really liked the the quarterback having the most rushing yards, like especially on a losing team. Like, if it's not getting to the point where you can win, I don't, I don't like that matchup too much. You know what I'm saying? And for him being such a – because then you're going to hurt the quarterback for no reason. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't really need that. You know what I'm saying? So, I think moving forward – no, I kind of went off the game a little bit. But I just look at their team and I'm like, bro, there's some really good about the Bears right now. I mean, you got a good quarterback who's trending on being a franchise quarterback – I mean, you obviously got the number one in DJ Moore. Uh, I mean, defense got some pieces. Got I mean, Emmons, you signed him in the offseason, so he's probably your cornerstone. 
I mean, you got Sweat there too. So he's a good guy off the edge. I mean, Eddie Jackson is a pretty good safety. I mean, you got Nkagwu. I think that's his name. I probably butchered it. I'm sorry. But Ngakwe. I know he was really – what's his name? I think it's Ngakwe. Ngakwe. There we go. There we go. Like, he was good too, man. So you got some pieces, man. This team is not terrible, as you can see by the growth from last year to this year. So I just think they need some pieces. And I think finishing off this year would, like – send a light bulb in the GM's eyes. Like, okay, we can build around Justin Fields and add some pieces in this draft and free agency too. So I think they're in a good spot, man. But looking at the Lions, man, this is a tough loss. I mean, like I said, it's – I see on Twitter a lot of fans of the Lions, man, not sold on Jared Goff, man. I, I don't agree with that. I think – it's just one of them games, man, that you have. Like, you just struggle. That's all. But I don't think you get because I think he's a good quarterback, man. And he's played really good this season. And I think it's just one of those games, man. I don't think they're terrible. Obviously, they're 9-4, and, and four, right? So, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, he's had a string of games over 300 yards. He's consistently over 250. I mean... He's sitting at, what, 3,000 yards already. A great, I think, one of the best touchdown interception ratios in the league, 21 and 10. So mm -hmm. his passer rating is uh, four, almost 95%. So, um, I mean, I'd say he's pretty good, man. I mean, last season was good, and he's trending on the same path. So, I don't think you get rid of Jared Goff at all. I think he's your guy. But, I mean, defensively, I feel like it hurt them getting rid of Jeffrey Okuda. Like, yeah. I think that that hurt a lot, man. Like, I love, um, was that uh, Gardner Johnson? I like him a lot. He's good. He's a, he's a, a good uh, energy guy. As far as on defense, he keep everybody, you know, focused and ready for, for war in a sense, you know. But losing a Cuda, that wasn't a good look, man. I mean, dude, he's a third overall pick, man. Why would you trade him for a fifth-round pick at that? Like, that's that doesn't make no sense, man. They like, wouldn't get the production they wanted, but I mean, I wouldn't have gave up on that just yet. I would have gave it a little bit more time. No, that's what I'm saying. Okuda's good, like really good. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the value they got back is just I don't I don't agree with that. Why would you trade them for a fifth round pick? Like your third overall pick, you at least want to get a couple twos or threes. Like, and it's not like he was a bad player for them either. So I'm like, I don't know. I just I just didn't agree with that man. But um they had a good game from Gibbs and Montgomery. So that's why I think they're okay. I just think this mm -hmm. is this isn't Off one of those game. games that was like something like the Chiefs this week, <sighs> where you just like, oh, this is what they are and they really can't get out of it. I just think this was just the Bears just ready to play. They was ready to play a little bit more. <laughs> than Detroit was, you know, so but I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see, man. But let's get into this. Uh let's get prepared for uh for next week, man. Yeah. 
So week fifteen, man. Man, that's crazy. We had week fifteen already. Pretty much. Yeah, bad. And your screen frozen, man. Oh man. It'll probably do like it did last time. In that other video. No, it's all good. It's all good. As long as we still got the audio, we good. We good. All right. So, one of the games I want to look at, man. Um, oh, man, I forgot to talk about my Ravens, man. So, before we get into that, I got to give my Ravens some love, man. Great game against the Rams, man. Won it on a punt return in overtime. That was the craziest mm -hmm. thing ever, bro. So, it's good to see other dudes contributing, man. And shout out to Odell Beckham looking like uh, four years ago, Odell Beckham. Looking real good. Looking fast, slick, everything. So definitely good for the Ravens, man. 10-3, uh, number one in the AFC. So that home field advantage is going to be nice. Just saying. So uh, let me see. So one game I want to get into next week, man. I want to talk about the Broncos and Lions, man. So, what do you think about this one? The Broncos won last week. Obviously, the uh, Lions lost. So, what do you think, man? This matchup seems pretty interesting to me. Yeah, because, I mean, it could really go either way, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, the Broncos are only a game out of contention for the AFC West. See? And the Lions are going to want redemption because the Lions had a tough loss last week. Uh Man, I don't know, man. Let's see, nine and four, and what seven and five? I think they are. I don't see Detroit losing another one. I don't see them dropping one to Denver. I think it'd be a good game because I think Denver's defense is playing better. And yeah, Russell Wilson had a turnover last week. I think he's playing better football. But like, I feel like it's going to come down to which offense is going to perform more. And I just think Detroit has more cohesiveness on offense, and I think they can score easier than Denver's offense. I think Denver's defense will give Detroit some struggles, but I don't see it being enough struggles to where Denver can outscore Detroit. I think Detroit's going to come back to try to get their 10th win on the season. I don't think they will. No, I don't think so either. I don't think they'll lose this game. I feel like Dan Campbell's going to rally the team together. And I think they'll show up, man. I think they'll win this game, man. The Broncos are playing good, though. They are playing out of their minds for a team that started off one and five to turn to yep. turn around like that, man. That's pretty good, man. But that's your boy Sean Payton, man. He fixed. He got some. He put some some foots to butt <laughs> and said, "Okay, <laughs> we got to fix this. Okay, this ain't good enough like now." You know. And he did, man. I'm actually really proud of of the Broncos, man, because it could have easily snowballed and just little loss after loss after loss. But they fixed it, and they're doing good, man. So um, another game, man. Um, all right, we'll do Monday night, man. Uh, Eagles and Seahawks, man. So the Seahawks took a loss to the 49ers this week, man, and it really wasn't pretty. 49ers looked real good, man. Uh, mm -hmm. And the Eagles are trending down, as we said earlier in the show, man. Um, I don't know if it's really out of the realm that they could lose this game, man. I don't mm -hmm. think it's that far out of belief, man. 
Because obviously the Seahawks are not the 49ers, man. But I think they still are a playoff team, sort of. Like they still one of those high wild card teams. So I really don't know. I don't know. Well, this is my thing. Yeah, I think Seattle's a wild card game, but if Drew Locke is playing, then oh, I don't see right. Seattle. That's right. I don't see I don't that's see right. if Gene I don't know the severity of what's going on. I haven't been paying enough attention to Seattle. Uh but if Drew Locke is going to be starting for Seattle, Philadelphia is going to win this game. Uh, Philadelphia has to have their head on a swivel right now because, man, if you drop this one, you're definitely in a downward spiral. And you're way too tight. Going to Seattle, you got the 12th man. Seattle's talented too, man. They're really talented on offense. They got the, the uh, league's leading tackler on defense and Bobby Wagner. Uh, Seattle's a good team, but I just feel like if Drew Locke is going to be starting for Seattle, I don't see Philadelphia losing, but they need to figure out, like we said, they need to figure out the run game. If they can implement that run early on and really take control of the line of scrimmage, it's really going to open the, the pass game. Jalen Hurts can run the play action. It'll open up everything for their receivers. Uh, they're going to have to figure it out. Do I know if they're going to? No, but I just don't. If Drew Locke is going to be playing for Seattle, I don't see Seattle getting the dub this week. I'm going Philadelphia. Yeah, I forgot he was playing, you know, because I was really kind of looking at uh, the 49ers just run up and down the field. I mean, did you, you should have seen uh, McCaffrey on, like, the first play of the game was, like, 70 yards. I was like, if that's the first play of the game, it's going to be a long day. For y'all, man. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but nah, Drew Locke is cool, man. He cool. He cool. He right. He's a he's a SEC legend, man. He's like one of the leading passers in the SEC ever. So he's all right, man. But not not going against the Eagles, though. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give him that. So. Uh, Uh-oh. Yeah. Okay, you back, you back, you back. All right. You go. Yeah, cut out for a minute. Yeah, cut out for a yeah, minute. Yeah, your stuff, it kind of froze up, too. All right, now nah, we good, we good. All right, so one more game that's kind of intriguing to me, man, is I-, I want you to talk about your Patriots going against the Chiefs, okay? Now, I get it. I get it. I know your team is struggling, and I'm not here to gloat. My team is not struggling. (laughs) But this is one of those games, man, that could let you kind of know what the next year and the offseason is going to be like. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, obviously, y'all let Zappy play, and – it was okay, but the game wasn't crazy, though. It wasn't crazy. Like, they get blown out or nothing. And let me know that your defense is actually pretty good because the Chargers have a pretty good offense, right? So it's not crazy, you know. But what do you expect? I said beat the Steelers last week. Huh? Beat the Steelers last week. Right, 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 right. Right, so they beat the Steelers, and then the week before, y'all played the Chargers. Yeah. Okay, so you beat the Steelers, and you play the Chargers, right? So if you had to say, 
how did you think your defense played? I mean, our defense is always good. Now we have mishaps. Sometimes we play the Saints early in the season and just completely crap the bed. But the Patriots' defense, they can always get a lot better performance with less star power. Like, they always have a top 10 unit, even when they don't have as many players. It's just offense, man. Uh, that's what's going to continue to hold them back. And in a game like this, the Patriots' defense can keep it in this game. If the Chiefs don't figure it out, like, get some chemistry going or just get some kind of rhythm going – I'm not saying this is a trap game by any means, but all I'm saying is that the Patriots' defense plays up to their potential, and this offense can figure anything out. They got a chance to give the, the Chiefs a real scare. I don't see us winning, but whoever's going to play quarterback, if they play turnover free football and they can get points on the board, and the Patriots' defense plays up to par, yeah, this could be a this could be a game. I don't see. The Chiefs dropping 30 points on the Patriots' defense. I could see them maybe dropping 14 to 21. I don't see it being a high-scoring game at all, all for sure. But, I mean, defense is going to play regardless. So, if the offense can get any kind of rhythm going, they'll keep it close. Okay. No, 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 no. I, I agree, man. I think, uh, I think the game will be closer than people think. I still think the Chiefs pull it out just because they got mm -hmm. a little bit more on offense. Uh, but I think uh, I, I don't know who y'all starting quarterback is gonna be. I think they go back to Mac. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, just I to kind of give it a fresh start and see. Because, well, okay, I won't say they go back to Mac as a definite, but if they mm -hmm. go back to Mac, then you know he's the starting quarterback going into next season, right? But if he's not the quarterback and Zapier plays then you know y'all going after a quarterback in the first round next year. That's what I would say. That that would let yeah. me know what y'all gonna do moving forward. I think they're going I think they're going for a quarterback in the first term regardless. Yeah, I can see that too. I think they'd be foolish not to. I think they'd be really foolish even if you play Mac Jones. I don't see any scenario where either one of those guys is just starting quarterback next year, even regardless of who starts the rest of the season. I don't think Robert Kraft or Bill Belichick is in the campus or even in the thought process of, oh, we're going to run with one of these guys next year. No, I don't see that at all. Agreed, 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 man. All right, man, so that was our NFL uh, Week 14 recap and our Week 15 preview, man. So uh, as you guys know, we're transitioning to like a different – format of uh, our show podcast into like uh, one big thing. So uh, we're going to get into some college football, man. Um, we kind of went over the uh, bowl games. We went over the Heisman, uh, you know, our case for our, the guys that we thought were going to win. And um, we went over the playoff rankings and kind of a reaction to that. So this time, man, um, just over some uh, award snubs, in a sense, man. Um, well, who was your biggest snub, man, of the award ceremony? You already know what my answer is going to be, and it's not even being a homer. I don't see any scenario where Marvin Harrison should have won the uh, Belichick. I understand that quarterback play has a lot to go into that, and I just saw Ohio State didn't have the same quarterback play that LSU or maybe Washington had. Yeah, he's a playmaker, man. He's probably the most talented 
receiver in the country. But if we're just going off of performance, statistics, and just what he contributed to the offense, like I don't see any scenario where he wins over Neighbors or Aduze from Washington. I just I don't see it. And they have a couple other guys who are in the same conversation. Then when you really start going down the statistics sheets and all, they got a couple other guys who have a, a genuine poll to try to win that trophy as well. Yeah, man. Um, my snub is actually I got two. I'm a homer, so I'm I'm let you know I'm a homer. So mine was um, Caleb Downs, man, uh, the freshman. Uh, the Thorpe Award, I forgot who it went to. I don't even care. This dude's a freshman, and he's leading the team in tackles. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man. Like, all right, he may not have as many interceptions, but you're a freshman, and you're leading the team in tackles, and you got a couple interceptions, and you're playing on Nick Saban defense. What's not Thorpe-ish about that? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. On a team with – Two first round DBs, because I'm calling it right now. Kool Aid and Terry and Arnold are probably going in the first round, both of them. So, on mm-hmm. a defense with that, and you leading the team in tackles with them two dudes, and you playing as a freshman, like big minutes, you know what I'm saying? Starting, like, come on, man, he got to get some love somehow, somewhere. And then Terry and Arnold who's actually been playing the better of the two corners has like five interceptions this year and a lot more tackles as a corner. So whoever Mm -hmm. you gave it to, I don't know, man. I just, I'm an SEC guy. You got to give it to the SEC all the time, man. Especially if Mm -hmm. it's two Bama players, three Bama players that you could choose from. They all probably playing better than whoever you gave it to. And then my next one is uh, the Luke Rose Award for kicker. Like, our kicker is the all-time leading scorer in college football history, right? Last season, I don't think he missed a kick in a regular season at all. Zero. And he didn't get the, the Luke Graza last year. So, this year, he's pretty solid again. And he's the all-time leading scorer as a kicker. And no love for that dude? Like, no love at all? Like, come on, man. Like, y'all got to get it together, man. Like, there's no way he's not the Lou Groves of the best place kicker in the league. Like, dude, if if you're not going to give it to him when he's, like, perfect all season, then why not give it to him when he's actually the best scorer in college football history, right? So I just thought that was that was crazy, man. Um, I wasn't too crazy about everything else. I mean, you kind of touched on the Bolitnikov. I thought that it should have went to someone else. I mean, I get it. Marvin Harrison is probably the best receiving prospect, but as far as mm. the best receiving year, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I thought it should have went to someone else, but hey, whatever, man. So, but that's pretty much the awards for real. Uh, awards, not rewards. Uh, but let's talk about this transfer portal, man. Um, I want to touch on coaching after this. Uh, just some moves that, you know, just some moves that kind of shocked you or surprised you. But the transfer portal, man, let's get into some uh, some crazy news, man. So, uh, obviously, you know, Dylan Gabriel is going to uh, Oregon, right? So, mm-hmm. I thought that was a crazy – that was a good move for him, man. What would you think about that? 
I think he's a plug-and-play, right? They're going to run the same offense as they did with Bo Nix, and he may have just as good of a season as he had, as they have with Bo Nix. I think he's very athletic. I think he puts a really good zip on the ball. He's accurate. He's a playmaker. He can roll out the pocket and make a lot of good throws. Not Aaron Rodgers-esque, but he's just a playmaker. And I think Oklahoma kind of was holding him back a bit. Uh, obviously, he has his flaws, but man, playing in a wide open, pretty much air raid esque offense like Oregon has, that's dangerous. And obviously, we had this discussion earlier, and uh, I, we don't know, necessarily know how it's going to shape out with them being in the Big Ten with a lot of these other teams. I don't think they're going to miss a beat. I don't think so at all. And I think he's definitely going to put them in contention to try to run it back and make the playoffs next year for sure. He's definitely. If you're going to make a top five Heisman prospect list for next season, he's definitely in the top five for sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree, man. Hey, shout out to him making a million dollars in NIL, though. A, a million. Like, over a million in NIL. So, and I think he's going to be good, man. I think he's going to be good. I felt like he would have had a better season at Oklahoma. He might have won the Heisman this year if Lincoln Riley was there. Because there was a yeah. – there's a level of offensive like intensity that Oklahoma played with under Leak and Riley. You know what I'm saying? The defense yeah. was obviously not that good, but it, it, at some points it didn't matter if you could score like 50 every game. You know what I'm saying? Because some people just can't score 50 points like that. So your defense can be bad, right? But if you score 50 and they score 49, you still win. So mm -hmm. I mean. It's kind of okay if you say it like that, man. But um, one commitment that I'm really – that kind of not shocked me but has me interested, man, is um, – I'm going to say this, man. It's kind of like old news, but I really like uh, Torino Pride from Clemson going to uh, Mizzou. I think it's a good yeah. fit. I mean, obviously, with Mizzou, you know, having a game against Ohio State for the bowl season, that's a good thing, too, because if you win that one, it's good for recruiting. Uh, and you probably finish the year in the top five, maybe. Never know. So, but as far as recruiting is concerned, man, it's good, man. They picked up a, a stud, man. I mean, it's 5'11", uh, almost 185 pounds. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, to go to Clemson out of, you know, uh, East St. Louis is pretty good. So I think he's coming home. So I think this is a really good move for them. Uh, just another uh, just another asset, man, at the cornerback position. They obviously have really, really good corners anyway because um, yeah. I forgot the guy's name. I think it's uh, something Reeves Drake or something like that. But he's like an all-SEC corner. So I thought that was a pretty good move, you know what I'm saying? So I think, like we talked about before we got on here, the big fish is obviously Cam Ward. It's uh, mm -hmm. using on three as a reference. So they don't even have a, a, a crystal ball for him yet. So I don't know, man. I, I really think wherever he goes, the team is going to be really good. And as for far sure. as for Walter Nolan, who's like the number one transfer portal guy, uh, they got a crystal ball for Oregon, which is not crazy, you know, considering how much NIL they can offer him. Uh, but they got Tennessee on there too, which is also not far off from being reality 
because he's from Tennessee. So, mm-hmm. you know, he can go home and be on a good team and contribute, you know, because Tennessee's, you know, not that far off, you know, as far as being in the SEC, you know, championship picture. Like, they still have a shot. They got to go through Georgia. They got to go through, uh, I want to say, I think Oklahoma will probably be their first, one of their first games. Uh, and then they got to go through Mizzou and then Bama and things like that. But, I mean, offensively, they're going to be in all of those games. So it's not like a, an issue for real. So I can see him going there. It's not a bad move, man. Uh, but, like I said, I just think, I think LSU and Bama will probably be in the mix. Like, this is a blue blood type of player. You're not going just, mm. you know what I'm saying? You know, and I get you can offer NIL and things like that, you know, if you're Oregon and stuff, but this is kind of a blue blood thing. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to go just anywhere. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. either be Bama, Georgia, LSU, teams like that. Michigan, Ohio State, like, those teams are really, I think, are the teams that are going to be interested. I would be surprised if he goes anywhere else but a blue blood. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, man. And I'm going to give one more one more transfer portal person that I'm really interested to see go. And the person I'm interested to see go somewhere is Rocket Sanders, man, from Arkansas. Uh, I'm not sure. His 2020 season uh, was really good. I mean, he was an all-SEC player that year. Um, but this year is pedestrian, so I'm not really sure what's what he's looking for. You know, uh, are you trying to be the guy or are you trying to be one of the guys on a good team? You know, because believe it or not, either way you can get drafted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, – I just think he's so smooth with his running ability, man. His jump cut is, like, beautiful. Uh, How he can get north and south really quick. Uh, He's got good catching ability, too. He's a good good receiving back. So, I don't know, man. I just want to see where he goes because he's an asset on a lot of good teams, man. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm interested. They got him crystal ball for uh, South Carolina, but – their quarterback situation doesn't seem like a good thing. Like not right now, I wouldn't say. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't seem like a good good move. Um uh, and you know, he's a Florida guy. So you really never know, honestly. You know, he could go to Florida State, could go to Florida, Miami could be a, a thing. So we're really early in the transfer portal process. So like I, I really hope a lot of these guys like take their time. And make a really good decision, man. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to be the guy that, you know, Tate Martell or, you know, JT Daniels, as we spoke of before we got on here. You don't want to be that guy going place to place to place, you know, because the longer you stay in college, the lower your draft stock is, in, in my opinion. So you really want to make an informed decision. So... That's pretty much that's pretty much what I what I had as far as transfer. Mm-hmm. Just some just some names and some interesting situations, man. So, but before we get into like the coaching thing, I wanted to get your take on what do you think about Deion Sanders pulling the the biggest uh, the top offensive lineman, man, and recruiting. What do you think about that? 
I think it's really going to help them, but I think like I think it's going to help the recruiting, but I still think they're going to have some fallout from obviously like how things went this past season. It's a mixed bag of chips, man. You're going to have some people that are just not going to buy in. It's like, oh, y'all are trash and da da da. And some people are going to look at it with the bigger picture. Okay, like, you know, maybe we really think you're going to stay here and you're really interested in my development and that we're really trying to have a championship contending team. I think it's going to do a lot more good than bad, but I think you're still going to have that group of people that's like, you know what, I'm just not. Like, I'm decommitting. I'm going somewhere else. I don't want to be a part of a project. I want to go somewhere where it's more of a sure thing. No, I, I completely agree, man. I just think Seton's so good that it's like one of those things, kind of like uh, when Bama got Julio Jones. It was kind of like that was the recruit that changed everything because mm-hmm. he was such a big-name recruit that everybody else was like, oh, man, if he goes there, maybe I should look at that too. And the fact that Shadur got sacked so much last season – and mm-hmm. he's addressing the issue at offensive linemen. I think that's a good look. You know what I'm saying? Not only that, you know, he's going to be heavy in the transfer portal. I just think he's going to be really good for recruiting purposes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I like that a lot. You know what I'm saying? So let's get into some of these coaching, man, these coaching carousel, right? So, obviously, we know Jimbo Fisher is gone, right? hmm And I told you, I think I told you, I think you said it, that Mike Elko was going to be one of the hottest people on the, the coaching market, right? From what mm-hmm. he did at Duke, right? Nine wins, perfect, right? So, he is the head coach of the Texas A&M Aggies right now, right? So what you think about that, man? What do you think about that? I, I I'm not sold on it yet because I want to know, like, if he can keep some of these dudes there, a la Walter Nolan, Evan Stewart, some other guys that were a part of Jimbo Fisher's greatest class of ever, right? Mm-hmm. I want to see if he can keep some of these guys. But what do you think about that? That was an interesting hire, in my opinion. It's a good fit because I mean. The fact that he turned Duke around the way he did, especially like eight, eight, nine wins is impressive, but look at the wins they're getting. They're competitive against the biggest names. They're competitive against Florida State. They beat Clemson. They're playing really well against teams like Notre Dame and Louisville and all like he can recruit. He turned Riley Leonard into a freaking baller. I mean, dude, it's a good – and you got to think, he didn't have no assets at Duke. Not really a whole lot besides, you know, being able to recruit and being able to coach really well. Now you're going to a place where money's not an issue. It's a plethora of talent being in the middle of Texas. And Texas A&M is a very desirable place for guys to go play. I think it's a really good match. I think he can – you didn't need a big-name, big-name guy. You didn't need, like, a Jimbo Fisher kind of guy. You didn't need, like, an Urban Meyer kind of guy. You needed somebody with a different perspective, in my opinion that can bring a different approach to the table with a lot of these players. Like, hey, look, like I understand y'all committed to this program for these reasons, but we're here to actually compete and to actually be taking seriously and not just to get five-star recruits and not do anything. We're here to win. And, I mean, okay. obviously uh, Leonard's uh, 
his journey to the transfer portal is still wide open. Uh, there's a lot of consideration that he may transfer to Notre Dame, especially with how Sam Hartman played last year for Notre Dame. I think it's a really good fit. But I would not close the door on him transferring with his head coach. And if he transfers with his head coach, Texas A&M is a viable team in that division. I don't know if we're still doing East and West next year, but all I'm going to say is they're viable to definitely make some noise. I'm not saying make the conference championship because obviously it's his first year. But, man, if he gets him or if he gets any one of these really good quarterbacks to transfer in, even if it doesn't have to be Leonard, if he gets any of these other big-name guys, look for them to make noise. They have a plethora of talent on that roster. And I know he's going to continue to feed off of the good talent in Texas for sure when it comes to recruiting. So I think he's going to do really good. It may not all translate that eight, nine, ten wins right away. But definitely, I think you're going to see a progression in the right direction compared to where they've been in mediocrity for the last four or five years. Okay, no, no, I agree, I agree. I, I, I think that was kind of my mindset about it. It's kind of a wait-and-see scenario because it all depends on who he has at quarterback because he's a defensive mm-hmm. guy. So I expect him to hire an offensive person to kind of run the show at that part of the thing. But I expect his defenses to be nationally – Top 30. Anything less than that, he probably won't last that long. Every year, his defense have to be top 30, at least. You know what I'm saying? Every year is not going to be the best year because, obviously, recruiting, transfer portal, things like that. But for him to succeed in the SEC, he's got to get a quarterback, at least a good one every year. But the defenses have to be top 30 because you got to stop some people from scoring, man. So, I think I think it'd be all right. I think so, but I'm still waiting to see. You know what I'm saying? Because it was a mm-hmm. good job to take, though, honestly. Because you had Duke and you won, and that's what I was saying about Napier. Like you mm-hmm. got to take a job that's a lower Power Five in the Power Five conferences. You know what I'm saying? Georgia Tech, Syracuse, things like that. Little job, then get the big one. So. A, a job that I didn't know that was open was Syracuse, since we're talking about Syracuse. Uh, they fired Dino Babers, which I was surprised about. I mean, Dino Babers beat Clemson like twice when they was mm-hmm. really good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I don't really know what that's about. But they got a guy named Fran Brown, who was the defensive backs coach for Georgia. So mm-hmm. that's the new coach for Syracuse. And it's an interesting hire uh, simply because it's like a huge jump, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's not the first time a position coach has gotten a head coaching job. Because remember, Sam Pittman got Arkansas as the offensive line coach for Georgia. So it's mm-hmm. not the first person to do that. And I kind of like Kirby Smart's coaching tree growing because I expect Glenn Schumann to be another – coach that's going to get a job soon. So his coaching tree is growing, right? I don't know what to really make of this because I was actually shocked that they fired Dino Babers in the first place. But, I mean, if it works out, depending on what type of offense he runs, because the players that Dino Babers was recruiting were spread-type players. So I don't know if you're going to scrap that and start over. But this might be a big jump for this dude. Might be. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I really don't know what his background was before this, before he was a defensive backs coach for Georgia. But it seemed like a bit much for a guy that's just starting out as a head coach. You know what I'm saying? Just because they just fired a coach that was having some good success, right? And I don't really know, man. I don't know. I don't know what to expect from this, man. But congrats to Fran Brown. He he's a he got his own show, you know. But it just it just might be a big much, man. Because this reminds me of um, when Arkansas got rid of Brett Bielema. And they got Chad Morris. And they went from foreign in the side, Arkansas, with Brett Bielema, because they could beat a lot of teams any day, you know, to losing like 15 SEC games in a row. You know what I'm saying? That's what Arkansas, when they got Chad Morris, basically downgraded, right? So this mm-hmm. kind of screams to this scenario a little bit that you want to be so good, but y'all not that. You know what I'm saying? Not in football anyway. So I don't know. Man. That's one of those things that shocked me, man. So um, let me see. One more. One more. Um, one more job. One more job, and then we close it out, man. All right, so Mike Elko leaves Duke, right, to go Mm -hmm. to Texas A&M. But the coach they hired was Manny Diaz from Miami, or Penn State's defensive coordinator. He coached at Miami. So my take on it, and I want to get your take on it, uh, my take on it is Manny Diaz was not bad with Miami. I felt like Offensively, they needed a kickstart, right? And that's okay because you can recruit offensive players, right? But defensively, I felt like they was they was doing all right. They wasn't getting blown out like they was before. Who was that? Who was that coach there? I forgot who the coach was before Mark Rick took over. But um, they were turning the corner at Miami, right? And the fact that they were able to get Mario Cristobal, I think is why they fired Manny Diaz, right? Because it's kind of like an upgrade. You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't fire him for somebody at the same position, right? Mario Cristobal coming from Oregon, like Rose Bowl, Pac-12 titles, things like that. Like, it was looking good compared to what Manny Diaz was doing. So, um. I thought it was an interesting pickup, man. Manny Diaz having success. Uh, He's a good recruiter. Uh, So I think Duke might be just as good. You know what I'm saying? But Duke has always been a job that is a springboard or a slide for somebody somebody else. You know, it's always been a job that's either propelled you to a bigger job or kept you in the assistant ranks. So, I True. mean, I go back. You obviously got Mike Elko, but I believe Steve Spurrier was there first. He was there as a guy, and he was a head coach there, and he got Florida. So, um, it could be like that for him. He could either be real good here, keep them afloat, where they are, nine wins, eight wins, seven wins a year, 
and then get another head coaching job at a higher power five. Or he could slide down and never really get another job, you know what I'm saying, above, you know, like group of five. So I'm interested to see what he does there because like mm -hmm. it's a good job. It's a job that will tell you where you are as far as a head coach or whatever. So I want to get your thoughts on that before we get up out of here, man. Mary, uh, Manny Diaz, what do you think? So I think it's a cool idea. Uh, I mean – I think it could actually work out really good for them for the fact that, one, uh, if you're high under a rock, uh, there's a chance that Florida State may not be in the ACC per another couple months. Uh, you've got new teams coming into the ACC. You've got Cal. You've got Stanford. You've kind of got some of that liquidation from the Pac-12. You've got, uh, if I want to say, SMU's coming to the ACC. So it's going to be a new-look conference. Uh, he, uh, what's it called, Mike Elko did really good at recruiting, and they got a a lot of good players on that team. I think it's just going to come down to what is he going to do? Is he going to kind of keep the culture the same? Is he going to put it on spin on it? Are you going to be able to get a good quarterback? Because that's what's really going to change things up. If you can keep the defense playing the way they played the last few years, and then you can get a guy in the portal or someone that a good quarterback. It doesn't even have to be a crazy quarterback. Even if you were to get a guy, let's just say like a Blake Shapin from Baylor or maybe like a Frugier or whatever from uh, Texas Tech, just Frugier, whatever his name is. Just somebody that can light it up for you. Because, I mean, the defense is going to play well. Yeah. You just need your offense to be able to perform, which, I mean, with Riley Leonard, man, that offense could score with damn near everybody in the ACC. And now if you're talking about Florida State maybe leaving the conference, that's your big powerhouse team besides Clemson. Well, we're assuming them they're going to go back to form next year, all things considered. Uh I think they'll be okay, man. Uh, it's obviously got a lot of variables. We still have recruiting in the transfer portal to kind of see how things are going to shape out. But I think he'll be okay. I, I, I rather – I think his position is a bit more favorable than the one you brought up previously about Duke going to Syracuse, for sure. Obviously, two different schools, two different situations. But I think he'll fare a lot better there than the other guy will fare with uh, Syracuse, for sure. Yeah, I agree, man. And one one more, one more, one more that has me that I really think I need to talk about that we need to talk about. Um you remember Vanderbilt's head coach, right? Uh before the one they got now, Derek Mason. Yeah, faintly, yeah. Okay, so Derek Mason is now the head coach of Middle Tennessee State. Uh I think this is wonderful. Because I think he can start to rebuild some of his reputation a little bit. Because when he was at Vanderbilt, I think COVID really messed him up. Because Vanderbilt mm -hmm. was always around six, seven, eight wins a year when he was there. And he had them going in the right direction. I mean, they beat Tennessee sometimes. I mean, they had good games against Mizzou at times, right? Just a thorn in the side of teams that were trying to go to the bowl games or whatever. But his teams were always good. They loved him. They played well. And I think this is a great opportunity for him to rebuild his reputation and really get back into that Power 5 coaching rank because Middle Tennessee is exactly where he needs to be right now. It's a perfect spot. You know what I'm saying? Not too flashy. I can get back to grinding like he did with Vanderbilt. Just a tough spot, man. I'm sorry. Vanderbilt's in the SEC, and you're playing against teams that are just better than you. But you know what? His team showed up every week. 
no matter who they was playing, Georgia, Alabama, no, no matter what. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think it's a good spot for him to just rebuild his reputation. And, you know, he's already been a good defensive coordinator. He tried it at a couple of places. And he was really good, man. So I think it's a good good spot for him to just start over. And mm-hmm. I think if he can get Middle Tennessee back to where – well, not back to where they were, but a little bit more respectable than maybe they were a couple of years ago, I think it'll be a good stepping stone for him to probably get a job like Duke. You know what I'm saying? And then get another job somewhere. But I think he's still young enough to really do it. He's an energetic guy. So I think people at Middle Tennessee State got a good one, man. But that's one I had to. I had I was, when I seen his name, I was like, oh, we got to talk about Derek Mason, man. Got to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but like I said, man, I think we'll close it out on there, man. I think this was a great show, man. We got some really good topics in there. I like talking about the transfer portal because that's going to be kind of a thing that's evolving. I feel like we could always talk about that because it seems like every day it's some news about it, some rumor about mm-hmm. it, something crazy. And the coaching carousel is it's really moving. So uh, we could continue to talk about that. So college football really has no <laughs> – so I think we'll be all right, man. So, uh, But before we get up out of here, man, anything you got to say? Yeah, we just really appreciate the support. We're still growing. It's almost 15,000 subscribers. We just want to say we appreciate you guys. We appreciate all the support, all the awesome comments. We really like having those conversations with you guys. So really thank you for all the feedback, all the likes, all the comments. If you're not already subscribed, make sure to subscribe before you get off this video. Like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell notification, all that good stuff. Like you said earlier, on all the audio platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, all that good stuff as well. Check out the shorts. I think you guys will really enjoy the shorts. And don't forget to check out the Shopify account. Let us know what else you guys are wanting there. But, yep, thank you guys so much. All right, man. Hey, couldn't have said it better myself, man. All right. Well, I'm Cam. That's Brandon, uh, Football Friend of Mine Podcast, signing off.